And hello and welcome to this week's edition of Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Jake Novak. And again, you can follow all my hour-by-hour, day-by-day thoughts and acknowledgement of other people's thoughts on my Twitter feed, at JakeJakeNY. There are a lot of other places to find me, but go to the Twitter feed first because that's where I link to everything else that I've written or every other thing that I'm discussing, at JakeJakeNY, if you are violently against Twitter for whatever reason. I'm also on Facebook, Jake Novak, N-O-V-A-K. You can also find me on LinkedIn, also Jake Novak, N-O-V-A-K. That's where a lot of my columns are published as well. I want to talk about really one major topic today, but with a couple of offshoots, because I think it's all related to the same issue, but they have different manifestations. And of course, that issue is... You know, the, the, the term that President Trump coined, and I think it's, it's a fair term to use, unfortunately, and that is fake news. The, uh, you know, it's, it's had other terms in the past for the same thing, whether it's propaganda, uh, straight up slander, sometimes is a good word to use when, when we use, a, a, you know, an alternative to, for, for fake news. Um, but propaganda, false stories, lies, slander, fake news, whatever you want to call it, is becoming more and more dangerous. It always has the, it always has had the potential to be dangerous. It just depends on how much it's accepted and how much it gets broadcast. And I mean broadcast in the basic form of that word, not literally broadcast. I mean, it it does include literally like radio and television and internet broadcast, but I'm talking about just the idea of how it spreads. It depends on how much it spreads. It depends how much it's repeated. It depends how many different aspects of fake news or propaganda or lies are going on out there. And we have reached a peak moment, a predictable peak moment. I'm sorry if that's a tongue twister. A predictable peak moment in fake news for because of just the technology, for one thing. We now have more and more people on the internet, more and more people on their mobile phones being able to be reached and hit all the time. I mean, even if we didn't have more networks or more people putting out information, the fact that we're all on the smartphones where we can be bothered all the time and hit all the time, not just when we're in front of a television or a radio has changed so much. And all this is true over the last 10 years. This isn't new as far as the the smartphones and the and the iPhones and all that getting to us more often. But the motivation, especially as we get closer to the November election, the motivation for people to spread fake news and to twist and to push it out there is higher than ever before. And of course, they have all the technical tools, tools to do so. And it, thus, it has reached this very, very dangerous level. The, it's, it's, a, it's a completely related result. The more fake news the more dangerous, the more violent, the, the more negative the result. There is no inverse relationship here, sadly. I wish there were. There, is no, there aren't a lot of mitigating factors. If, if fake news is getting out there and more kinds of fake news are getting out there to more people more often, there will be more violence, more destruction, more bad feelings. That is a constant throughout history. Now, I put on my Twitter feed, and I, and I discussed this uh, a few times over the weekend on my Twitter feed, the fact that we Jews have a very special relationship 
with fake news. I cannot think of a people, a group or a country in the case of Israel that has been the target of the victim of fake news more than the Jewish people and then by extension the state of Israel over the last 70 years, 72 years. The Jewish people are the oldest victims of fake news, sometimes self-inflicted fake news. Now, again, you've heard me say here on the Novak Now program on the Nachum Siegel Network, you've heard me say this many times. I say it slightly tongue-in-cheek, but, it, but there is a lot of truth to what I'm about to say, which is I am not a rabbi and I am not attempting to play one on the radio or on a podcast. But as I also often say, you don't have to be a rabbi and you don't have to be a Jew or a Christian. You don't even have to be a believing religious person. To understand, to know, to recognize that the Torah, the Bible, has a very keen understanding of human nature. I believe that the Torah understands, again, if you're a very, very religious person or a somewhat religious person, you believe that the, that the Torah and the Bible comes directly from God. And if you're not that religious or maybe not religious at all, you believe it was kind of collectively written by human beings. That's another discussion that I don't I don't want to get into, and I think that a lot of people have a, have a right to get into it, but that's just not my topic. But no matter who you think is responsible for the authorship of the Torah and the Bible, you cannot deny that there is a real understanding of human nature in a number of the narratives that are, that are very prominent in the Torah. And one of the things that the Torah really understands is fake news. It really understands the the inclination to do to 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 lie about things the inclination to exaggerate the inclination to send out propaganda lies fake news whatever you want to say and it understood the ill effects that it could have again i'm not a rabbi but you'd have to be blind not to recognize if you were a somewhat observant jew or more or more observant jew from that level upward that the torah reading that was in Every single synagogue, or if, if, you had, if you were lucky enough to have some kinds of services with this COVID lockdown, but I think a lot more people did get a chance to go to services this past weekend. But the Torah reading was really all about fake news. <laughs> the story of the Miraglim in Hebrew, which can be translated as spies. I like the word scouts because spies has a really negative connotation. But, you know, Moses sends out 12 scouts to scout out, survey, the, the land of you know, Canaan, or we're going to call it the land of, it would, would be known as the land of Israel, as the Jewish people are, the Israelites are approaching the land. And as you know, if you know your, your biblical stories and you know your, your Torah narrative, you know that 10 of the scouts come back with an hysterical, exaggerated report about how tremendous the Canaanites are, literally and figuratively, how impossible it is going to be to defeat them how nothing, it's, it's doom, it's definite death coming for the Jewish people. And two of the scouts, Joshua and, and, Kalev and Caleb, say, yeah, listen, it's going to be a challenge, but God's with us, and we, we can absolutely do this, and, and, this isn't, and these guys are overhyping it. Well, the Torah understands human nature, as I said. And it understands that given, a, given two choices, given the choice of a things-are-pretty-good report, or an all-is-well report, compared to a report of the sky is falling, get crazy, get scared, the Torah understands that people are going to listen to the more sensational report. The Torah understands that, 
It understood that 4,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, however many thousands of years ago. And that is true today just as much as it was then. For those of you who know how that narrative played out in the Torah and the Bible, you know that God punishes the Jewish people for believing the lies, for getting hysterical, for going nuts about it. And there are two major punishments that come out of it. One is the 40 years of wandering in the desert. And two is God basically wipes out the entire generation of the Jews who were alive at the time of this, of this report, with a couple of exceptions, right? So that's what happens. <laughs> I mean, the ultimate disaster for the Jewish people. And our rabbis teach us, and again, this is a midrash, but our rabbis teach us that the report, the evil report from the 10 out of the 12 scouts who lie and, and use the fake news and get everyone hysterical came on the 9th of Av, Tisha B'Av, which is the saddest day on the Jewish calendar. That is the day when both of the temples were destroyed, according to our historians. And we're taught by the rabbis that God's response basically is, you got hysterical and crazy over this false report, over something that you should not have gotten hysterical and crazy and angry about. And so now, from now on, or in the future, on the 9th of Ab, I will give you something real to cry about. Sounds like something an angry parent would say to a child when they're really acting out. But... That's what our rabbis teach us, whether that's, again, whether you're a believer or not, whether it's not important at this point, because what I'm trying to say is that there's an understanding of human nature, whether you believe this is divinely inspired or not. That's not the issue. The issue is, again, that they're, they're, divinely inspired or not is not the issue that I'm trying to talk about, because again, I'm not a rabbi. But again, this is a huge part of the Jewish story. You have to know your biblical stories, your biblical accounts, your biblical history, if you're going to be a real, true, knowledgeable member of the Jewish world, the Jewish community. You need to know your Jewish history as well. That goes just beyond, you know, well beyond just what the Torah and the Bible say. And that dovetails into other things. I mean, you could say maybe the, that on that day, of the evil scouts report, the fake news from the scouts. Fake news was created in its biggest and, 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 and grandest scale for the Jewish people. And from then on, not only were the Jews punished by that falsehood, but they, were, they would be punished by the falsehoods of fake news for t- forevermore. How many fake news stories, narratives, slanders against the Jewish people have there been over the years? Too many to count, but let's look at some of the highlights. The perhaps biggest fake news of all, that the Jews killed Jesus. They called us Christ killers. When the Christian, Bi- the Christian Bible itself, the New Testament itself says, the Romans executed him. And that he was betrayed by one of his own disciples, who I guess you could say was kind of a Christian, not even though they may have been born a Jew. How many Jews have died with that lie uh, being the cause of the cause of the of the killing? Countless, perhaps millions. It was that particular lie, even though Hitler, may his name be blotted out, was not a Christian and was not a devout religious person. If it hadn't been for thousands of years or at least several centuries of years of Europeans believing the Christ killer fake news. Could the Nazis have carried out the Holocaust to the extent that they carried it out 
could the czars and the Cossacks, when they carried out pogroms or the czars instigated them, could they have been able to get away with that without the Christ killer fake news? The answer is no. So fake news against the Jewish people with that one, the Christ killer one being the biggest of all time, has been a big one for us. The fake news about things that Jews do, the blood libel, the classic blood libel that Jews kill non-Jewish children, use their blood to make matzahs. I mean, it's, it's hard to even just get it out of my mouth to say it's such a horrific lie. But there are people who still believe this, even now. Don't think this is something of the Middle Ages. In some Arab countries, they've actually put on television programs depicting the very blood libel I just described. Can you believe that? They do. Recently. And I got to tell you, with the exception of Iran, uh, relations between Israel and some of the Arab countries have improved. But I, I, I think that a tremendous amount of the Arab people who live in those countries, whether their governments are in better shape with Israel or not, which is a wonderful thing, I'm happy for it. But there's no doubt that there's a lot of people on the so-called Arab street who believe that fake news about Jews and many other lies about the state of Israel. Now, how many times do you see that? My, my daughter just was a victim of fake news. I mean, or at least she had to see some fake news just the other day. As many of you know, Israel is going to officially make, is moving to officially make some parts of the West Bank predominantly populated by Jews and what we call the Jewish settlements, although I don't really like to call them that because it's just, they're just Jews. When you call them settlers, it really bothers me. They're Jews who live in Israel. You can call them Israelis, whatever you want to call them, but not settlers. Anyway, it's an annexation process, which simply means Israel is officially going to make these areas full, a full part of the, of the Jewish state of Israel. And yet my daughter got something on her Instagram account talking about how Israel is going to annex and kick a lot of Arabs out of their homes, which is just not true. No one's getting kicked out of their home. The map is going to be drawn in a certain way. Certain laws are going to be imposed in a certain way. That's, the, that's what annexation is. You can read up all about it. There's plenty of good stuff about it. I, I suggest the column by Caroline Glick from last month in Newsweek. Um, a little bit of a shout out to Newsweek right now. Newsweek, the paper edition, I think is long gone. It still is a very problematic mainstream news media outlet, but I give them credit. They have made an effort in the last several months to get some more varied voices in their editorial columns. And that one of those voices includes Caroline Glick, who's a very good defender of the state of Israel, someone who's very clear on the right and wrongs about what's going on there. And she wrote something very good in May about the annexation. So if you look up Caroline Glick, G-L-I-C-K, and settlements, you'll, you'll see some very good stuff there. And annexation, you'll see some very good stuff there about that. But anyway, I could do 15, 16, maybe even 20 different editions of Novak now, sadly, just listing all the fake news, lies, slander, propaganda that have been levied against the Jewish people over the centuries. We are, without a doubt, the biggest victims of fake news that we've ever seen of all time, which is one of the reasons why it's so disappointing to see so many Jews who don't see the fake news coming from other sources when it's directed at other people or other things. I first noticed this phenomenon more than 20 years ago when I noticed that people were saying, well, I don't like the way the New York Times or the BBC 
or ABC or CBS or NPR. I don't like the way they cover Israel. They're, it's not fair. They're very biased against Israel, but I like everything else that they cover. And I thought to myself, if they're lying about something like the Jewish people, if they can't pass the litmus test of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism, why do you think the rest of that tree isn't poison? Why do you think the rest of the fruits of that tree have not also been poisoned? Now, I'm not saying that that means that everything else that they say is a lie or wrong, but you've got to really, really suspect that it might. You have to say to yourself, you know, maybe the other stuff that they do on this network or in this newspaper is also not so accurate. And if you're not asking yourself that question, you're really being a foolish consumer. It's almost like going into a restaurant and just eating whatever they put in front of you. You wouldn't do that. You'd at least look at the menu. You'd at least look at the plate before you put it in your mouth. We don't do that with news. Not enough. And I'll give you another thing. You don't even have to be Jewish to understand this. There's not one kind of story in, in my career when I've talked to people who are actually in a particular industry or doing a certain activity. Sometimes it's like sports. There's not one case where the person doesn't tell me there was something kind of inaccurate about the way the news media covered a story that affected me personally or I know on a first-hand basis. In other words, every person who has a first-hand knowledge or experience with a story in the news has told me in one way or the other that the way that the story was presented was wrong. It could be just a small thing. Sometimes it's a big thing. But it's never accurate. It's never the way that the people who actually experience it would tell you it ha- how, how it happened. So we know this from our experience as Jews and as supporters, if you're a supporter of the state of Israel, we know that the news is mostly inaccurate and is mostly, is mostly sensational, that the headlines are often fake news, and that that stuff is dangerous, leads to death and dangers for Jewish people and others. We know that about this thing that affects us personally. Why do we think that folks who have firsthand knowledge of other kinds of stories wouldn't have the same experience? The answer is they do. So my point is whether it's from the biblical narrative of the Miraglim, the the spies, the scouts from 4,000, 5,000 years ago, all the way to today, we should know better than anybody else's Jews that when news stories say certain things, say certain sensational things, and they do it in such concert, in, in other words, in such large percentages in the news organization saying the same thing, we should be the most suspicious people of all. And you don't have to be a Trump supporter, for example, a, tr- a supporter of President Trump to, to, to look at all the headlines that bash him from day to day to hour to hour by minute by minute. You don't have to be a supporter of his or, or even of his policies. I'm not asking anyone to do that. I don't campaign for candidates. Never have and I probably never will. But you don't have to be a supporter of something that's, or someone who's being bashed in the news if you're a Jew, you should, you should say to yourself, you know, maybe this isn't uh, on the up and up. Lord knows we've been the victims of this kind of sensationalist fake news or sensationalist ganging up against us in the news media and in the pub- public discourse. We should maybe look into this a little bit. Now, this dovetails into my second topic, which is what I think is the real burning issue now that, that this election coming up in November is going to hinge on. Now, it might change. 
Major issues that drive people or keep people away from voting can change over time. But the window is closing. We're already here towards the end of June. And usually I think the American people make up their mind about a candidate very, very quickly. Um, But as more people start to take a look at the candidates, there'll be another decision-making process. But the real issue right now, I think, as it is in almost every election, is turnout. Who's going to turn out to the polls and who isn't? And what we've seen since 2016 has been a very decided choice by Trump's opponents, obviously mostly Democrats, but also a few disgruntled Republicans who either didn't get a job or got a job with Trump and then lost the job. We saw a lot of that this week with John Bolton. Mostly left-wing folks, but a few establishment career politician, bureaucrat-type Republicans have joined them as well. They decided very early on on a scorched earth policy with Donald Trump. They didn't win the election in 2016, and they were, have been willing since, day, since that day forward to figuratively and in some ways literally burn the country down in a temper tantrum about it. No matter how many things get sacrificed in the process. We've seen this country start to burn in the last few weeks over overhyped fake news. If you think that it's the, the, the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer is somehow par for the course in this country, that's fake news. It's not true. Do I think that African Americans get victimized by cops sometimes? Absolutely. So do white Americans. And all cops who victimize people should be punished. And I think that in this case, Officer Derek Chauvin is guilty. Is he guilty of first-degree murder? Well, we'll have to decide because apparently he had a history with George Floyd outside of this particular arrest. So there may have been some kind of an assault or issue that the two had with each other that make it a second-degree murder or something else. But I think he committed a crime, and I don't think that that's really up for debate, in the killing of George Floyd. Does that mean that cops are out hunting to kill black men in this country, as we've heard on the news media over and over again in the last couple of weeks? No, it's not true. Do we have a long way to go to improve relations and to improve things in uh, in this country for the poor neighborhoods and for black neighborhoods? Yes. And I've talked about that many times here on the Novak Now program on the Malcolm Siegel Network. I've talked about it. I've I've proposed solutions. But the solutions don't get, aren't interesting to the folks who want to push the fake news. The solutions don't get the attention. And I think the burning question now for a lot of voters is, who are on the fence, are they going to say to themselves, well, there's this mayhem here. The people who hate Trump have decided to go with the burn it all down policy, and they're ratcheting it up now even more. They've ratcheted up the, the violence, the protests, the riots. They've increased the economic pain from COVID-19 that, to an unnecessary level. Coronavirus is serious. You should wear a mask when you go into stores and when you go out of that, you know, when you go into public places and crowded places. Absolutely. Should we continue to be shutting down the economy and the schools like we are? Absolutely not. And a big reason why we're still doing this is to politically burn down the country so that Trump loses. This is what's going on. Doesn't mean that COVID-19 is a hoax. It isn't a hoax. It's a real deal. But our economic response to it has been overblown, and there are political reasons behind it which are reprehensible, based on fake news. 
And the question is, will the voters say to themselves, I'm not going to vote for Trump now because even though I prefer him or I don't like Joe Biden or I don't like the Democrats, I know the Democrats will ratchet up their, ratchet up their burn down the country policy even more if he wins again. Or will people go and vote for President Trump because they say to themselves, the people who started this burn down the country policy and the fake news that spurred it on need to be punished. Those are the two choices. That's really going to decide turnout, in my opinion, among the people who can make the dis- difference in the election. Again, it might change. It's, it's late June, and I do think that it gets to be July and maybe even August before we really close the books on an election. We just have to find out what the numbers are. <laughs> people decide. We just don't know what their decisions are until November. But the point is, I think that that is really the decision right now. Will the fake news that has been ratcheted up and increased, especially in the last several weeks, to promote this scorched earth policy, to burn it all down, to really, really push this temper tantrum to its highest possible level, will that scare away enough people from voting for President Trump? Or will that spur a lot of people on to vote for him in the hopes that the folks who started all this be punished? That's our question that the nation has to face. Now, I want to tell one more quick story about the opposite of fake news. When people come out and tell a real truth, and you know it's true, sometimes even though it's painful and hurtful, it stays with you forever. And for me, I think one of my first examples of experiencing this was when I was a high school student. I believe this happened in 10th grade. I know it happened when I was at the Yeshiva Flatbush. It was either 9th, 10th, or 11th grade. I'm going to say 10th. And Robert Clary, the actor Robert Clary, who many of you might remember, who played the character of LeBeau or Frenchie on Hogan's Heroes, he later was on Days of Our Lives in the 1980s, he came to visit us at the Yeshiva of Flatbush. And he was a Holocaust survivor. He had been born in Paris. He had been a nightclub act as a child. And he was deported to Buchenwald, as many Parisian Jews were, also to Auschwitz. But he, he went to Buchenwald and he survived. And he told us his story of survival, and it's a story, sadly, that's familiar to many of us, but important for us to remember. And then one of the, and I think it was a girl, who raised her hand and asked a very mature question. She said, how could you be on a show like Hogan's Heroes that made fun of the whole war and the Nazis and everything after you had survived Buchenwald? And I really appreciated Robert Clary's answer because it was just so honest. You could tell it was honest from the way that he, 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 he responded. He just said, he said, you know what? I was out of my mind. I was still too young to realize what I, what I was doing. I needed the money, and I wasn't thinking straight, and I made excuses in my head for something that I probably should not have done. And so he not only apologized, but he told the truth. And I appreciated it that then, and then as I got older and I found out about a few other Jewish members of the cast... And how they had responded to, a, to similar questions over their career, I respected Clary even more because I don't think they gave honest answers. Werner Klemperer, who was, played Colonel Klink, whose father was Jewish, whose father was a famous composer and was run out of Berlin early in the time of the Nazis, gave an answer, something along the lines of, well, I didn't want to do the show, but they told me that the Nazis would always lose at every episode. And when they promised me that the Germans would lose in every episode and they'd be ridiculed, then I decided to do the show. Which didn't, you know, it didn't sound very honest to me. And John Banner, who played Sar- uh, Sergeant Schultz, who was a full Jew, his mother was also Jewish, gave, us, gave similar answers over the time of his life. And I just felt like, you know what? Their answers were kind of fake news. 
They should have been more honest. I think that their answers probably would have been more like Robert Clary. So my point is, is that while fake news is powerful, fake news is dangerous, fake news can get us into a lot of trouble, when someone is really, really truthful, it will stay with you longer, it will make a bigger impact. The truth does remain much more eternal. Fake news, as dangerous as it is and as, as harmful as it is, goes away eventually. I'm Jake Novak. This has been Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network. I hope to speak to you again next week.